0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome to everybody, new and old, to, um, to IMC. And uh, tonight I decided um, that the topic of my talk uh, would be on the relationship between gratitude, Generosity and sila, which is the Pali word for virtue. Um, um, Oftentimes, the focus of the Buddhist teachings rests on the truth of suffering, you know, and the end of suffering. Um, And so suffering gets the, uh, you know, gets to play center stage. And while that's, you know, unmistakably accurate, um, what's often avoided, I've found, is the focus or the deliberate focus on wholesome states of mind that have the essential, really critical um, role in deepening uh, the calmness and stillness in the mind where, you know, the, the actual dynamic of healing is able to take place. So while the Buddha, you know, demanded actually that we look at craving as the root of suffering and the pain that it creates in our lives to always be searching for something outside ourselves um, to fulfill that empty ache, Or, you know, we're looking for an experience or uh, something to avoid a sensation, a mind state, you know, believing that that avoidance is also going to bring bring happiness. And that's a very worthwhile practice to see how the mind is basically, you know, uh, constantly, you know, moving away towards what's pleasurable and, you know, moving, uh, moving towards pleasure and moving away from pain. And that's certainly a very noble way to practice. What surprised me when I entered both monasteries that I stayed with was the um, uh, emphasis over and over again to really um, work on developing uh, what the Buddha called the wholesome states of mind the states of mind that really brighten and uplift uh, um, the heart so we can calm ourselves down and allow insights to merge, um, yeah, to merge, or emerge. Thank you. So one of the practices that, um, especially in Buddhist Thailand, where, monasteries are 100 percent free you can enter and basically as long as you follow the rules very demanding rules you can stay for as long as you want including the rest of your life um every single thing that that is in the monastery including you know your one daily meal one meal a day you know comes from uh the donations the generosity of others okay there's not a nail or a board or a spatula, you know you know a a tile you know a, a, anything, a faucet that hasn't been the result of someone's generosity, so the teachers um, would encourage us to reflect constantly, you know you know hour by hour on the gratitude of acknowledgement acknowledging the role and generosity and the you know often the decades you know that generosity has played um and allowing you know us to really put our minds and hearts on the path um, to healing and the end of suffering so for example um You know, in the morning when the monks go out on alms round, the monasteries that I stayed in, you know, they would just get truckloads of food. People just had so much faith and um, that food would be or, you know, come back and be organized and, um, you know, on long tables. And, you know, there was this great, you know, gracious blessings that would be offered and um, um, before the meal and before you actually uh, engaged in eating and you know slowly mindful eating and then you know as a, a blessing after the meal as well and um oftentimes in the line you know as we were going to get our meal you know there'd be these huge i mean i've never seen bowls of this size i mean they may i mean they look like you know like flying saucers they were huge um of Filled with rice, because in Thailand, rice is considered the food of faith, you know. So, you know, in the town, you know, people would just have a bowl and offer uh, spoonfuls of rice. You see babies picking it up, picking rice up by their hands, and then, you know, letting go and everybody clapping. And a lot of times, you know, when we're on, and they collect all the rice and they put them in these huge bowls before, um, the other food, you know, was, um, you know, before we took the other food, and, and oftentimes you would just hear in Thai, you know, people saying to themselves as a reminder of the gratitude, you know, this is the food of faith, and that, um, the, the joy that came, that that would arise from knowing that, uh, you know, the villagers and had so much faith in the Buddhist practice that they were willing to get up and, you know, start their rice cookers or, or their walks. You know, And I would think about, you know, all the years I've gotten up in Berkeley or New York or wherever I've lived and like the first thing I think about is like, what am I going to wear? Or what's the weather? Or, you know, what an exhausting day I have ahead of me. And to think that, you know, so many, so much so many people in the country, you know, thousands and thousands of people get up, and their first thought is, you know, grat- is, is generosity. You know, better get going; the monks will be here. So, in taking that food of faith, you know, it's a, is a process because this generosity has come to, you know, has been offered to you, and you know, it's called piti jai. You know, the the um, the feeling of you know joy would often arise from the gratitude that on the basis of people's generosity you know you've been given the opportunity to practice meditation and great monasteries where great beings are there for one reason and one reason only which is you know to pull to pull us through you know the um really the miseries and the unsatisfactoriness of samsara the endless rounds of birth and death you know, to steady us on the path that the Buddha taught that relinquishes and uproots suffering. And a large part of that has to do with cultivating the experience of gratitude or the, which is, you know, it's an experience. It, it sometimes it rises very naturally. You know, there's a tragedy and, you know, you it kind of like wakes you up and you're so grateful, you know, that you miss, you know, th- this car accident by, you know. A thread a hair's breadth, and sometimes gratitude you have to really turn your mind and like really make the effort you know, to focus on you know what am I grateful for because you know the heart becomes brittle and the heart you know shrinks and contract contracts um, because we operate out of the sense of um, you know deprivation and we need something else and you know we're not fulfilled as it is so we have to you know deliberately you know think you know use, our, use the cognitive process of you know what am I grateful for you know what's it what's in my life that's really precious and sometimes when the mind is you know really brittle and contracted you know it's a, it's the breath or a sound you know a butterfly, you know, you know, fluttering by or just, you know, feeling the wind, you know, on one's cheek. And, you know, it grows and grows until, you know, you know, you could practically cry when you, you know, see the person on the Bay Bridge, you know, taking the ticket, taking the money for your ticket because you think, oh, you know, it's like, isn't he or she wonderful because, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get on the bridge. And you start like kind of over gushing. Um, you know that this person has a family to serve and somehow I'm connected to that family even though I don't know them and you know your mind could really you know get in very rapturous states this pitijai you know that uh based on the gratitude that you know none of us can function uh independently that the Buddha talked about the you know the truth of codependent arising that you know if there's this there's that you know so there's nothing that exists in the universe on its own it's all dependent on the elements on on uh the consciousness on just the you know the play the play of consciousness um related to the elements you know the the, the seeing element the tasting element the hearing element um memory so um you know as is, you know, gratitude sometimes needs to be cultivated and as a way of kind of juicing up the mind so the, the real, quote, business of meditation can begin. Basically, gratitude is essential for developing concentration. You know, if you don't feel gratitude um, and your mind is in um, the state of deprivation and wanting, then quieting and calming the mind just... it just doesn't happen. Or if it does, it takes a long, long time. So in the monastery, constantly you're reminded, and oftentimes you're reminded by um, uh, bowing. So when you go in your meditation hut, you know, the instructions are to bow because every single thing in that hut, you know, came from generosity. You know, you go into the meditation hall. Similarly, you know, you bow because... You know, every light bulb and fixture and window, everything came from the results of generosity. You know, you express gratitude to your teachers because they're the ones, you know, who have dedicated their life, you know, in many lifetimes to uh, perfecting their own minds, to uproot greed, hatred, and delusion. And that's their purpose, to help you too. So you bow to them um so you know you practice these endless opportunities that you know according to the buddha you know elevate our mind state and help us feel whole and when you feel whole you know that sets you know the proper stage for meditation you know and development uh, and, and mental development and um you know it, gratitude really works at uprooting, you know, this constant state of dissatisfaction that um, we often find ourselves in. You know, why couldn't it be another way? You know, why does this happen to me? You know, the kind of um, the more, you know, se- you know self-related um, uh, dialogue of the mind. And so, you know, gratitude and the experience of it, like, you know, is, pushes against that in a very gentle way so when you really focus your mind you know it's it's it it starts you know generating this you know very satisfying feeling you know of a full heart they call imjai a full heart rather than you know that you're so low on fuel you know that you know you're just saturated with despair so you know oftentimes during the day the uh, reflection will be offered you know just to, to think like of three things that you're gratitude yeah that you're grateful for and then before you go to sleep you know uh think of three things you're grateful for when you wake up think of three things you're grateful for before you start a meditation after the meditation um so it's constantly drilled in and as i said sometimes it's just spontaneous it's the result of your meditation practice. it's like whoa you know i'm just grateful for the fact that there's a path to healing that i don't have to live you know in suffering and live a life of harm, and live a life of greed or hatred or delusion. Well, wow, you know, this is amazing. Um, and, you know, that spontaneous arising of gratitude is just a really beautiful feeling. You know, r- gratitude for the Sangha, you know, the fact that it's, you know, one of the three gems. Um, I wouldn't be here if you weren't here. You wouldn't be here if I wasn't here. You know, just the constant, you know, giving and receiving um that 's often so hard to remember, especially in a in a society our society, that is really demanding that you know we constantly you know grasp outside ourselves for experiences um, um and that you know it's basically- fu- you know our our world is f- fueled on you know the another moment that 's going to provide something for us that usually usually we have to buy. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, basically our training is in dissatisfaction and, you know, which is very sad because the Buddha said, you know, it's a, you know, there's endless, boundless, you know, ways of being dissatisfied. You know, there's no end, you know, to what we can crave and want and wish for. Okay. There's, I mean, that's scary. That is really scary. And that's what, you know, is, you know, is the very, Heart, the root, you know, the fuel of unhappiness. So how is that related to the experience of generosity? The Buddha basically said, you know, there is absolutely no, you know, progress on the path to the ending of suffering without generosity. It's actually the first, you know, the there's spiritual qualities that... Um, noble ones have to, um, um, develop in order for the factors to come together that allow for the complete healing of the mind. And, you know, mindfulness, quote, mindfulness gets, you know, so much attention here. You know, I, I teach mindfulness, I took a mindfulness course, blah, blah, blah. And actually, the first factor, The first parami, the first, you know, uh, um, perfection is the perfection of generosity. So you really never have to even look at your breath. You know, I mean, you don't you don't you know, you don't have to be like, you know, grimly lifting, moving and placing and, you know, figuring out which nostril, you know, has the most pressure, you know you can i mean that's certainly a you know mindfulness is also you know a um one of the perfections uh but i love to think on the day especially on the days when you know i'm just not i'm too restless or whatever to sit on my cushion that just as valid as sitting on my cushion is um being kind to somebody smiling you know complimenting them you know uh um, you know, looking up at the sky, you know, just kind of being generous with my eyesight, you know, so that my vision isn't so narrow. Um, and, you know, can be money, it can be a check, it doesn't have to be, you know, calling somebody, you know, visiting somebody who's lonely. I mean, there's endless ways to be generous. And um, that factor, you know, really is the foundation you know of what the buddha taught of the spiritual qualities that need to be fulfilled Tim, it's uh um tm mm, i can't remember but it's like the factor of generosity has to be um completely brimming and overflowing uh you know it can't be just this like little um um you know kind of throwaway thing it has to be absolutely brim- brimming to the extent that, you know, some of the uh, past lives of the Buddha talk about, you know, willingness to give arms and legs and heads and toes and, you know, his, you know, his life for other, you know, human beings. Um, so, you know, these acts of generosity are, aren't small in the grander sense, but, uh, you know. We can examine our own levels, you know, not getting angry, (laughs) you know, just maintaining equanimity, you know, is an act of generosity, not responding in a reactive way is an act of generosity, you know, um, giving something away that you find valuable, you know, almost you can feel your your hand shaking, but, you know, just that willingness to try you know, to give somebody the bigger apple or whatever, um, you know, is a direct antidote to the cause of suffering, you know, the craving that we think we deserve everything. You know, I need to fill myself up first. You know, I feel so terrible, you know, that I, I don't have anything in me to offer. And then, you know, again, the effort, to to turn your mind to, um, you know, all the things that are available. Could everybody hear me? You know, all the things that, could you hear me now? All the things that are available. Forgiveness is a form of generosity, you know. Um, you know, just the willingness to, uh, you know, let go of feeling angry or entitled. The willingness to just accept that it's just the way it is, miserable as it may be. You know, it's a form of generosity to your mind states. You know, instead of you know, trying to crush them out of your out of your system, you know, you can just be generous. Give it give them a little space. You know, babysit. I don't know. You know, it's it's, a, it's an endless uh, endless opportunity that, um, in and of itself, is a tremendous healing, and it's you know directly linked to the mind state of gratitude that you feel um, when you're grateful. There's a acknowledgement of a of, of a fullness within your heart, and when you feel full within your heart. The natural response is to give, to let go, you know, to offer as opposed to hoard. So there's a, just a, you know, from a, you know, meditative point of view, you know, they're like love and marriage. They just go together. You can't, you know, it's, it's, if you have generosity, the factor of gratitude is, you know, is floating around someplace, and if you have gratitude you know the the flow of generosity is you know right there um and available so um you know contemplating the relationship of gratitude and generosity and making the effort every day uh to go out of your way to to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do, like you know, thank the person who stocks the shelf in the grocery store. You use, I mean, that you frequent. It's fun, you know. Um, in the monastery, I, I was just completely uh, kind of surprised at this, um, you know, the 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 value that's uh, that's placed on generosity. Uh, for example, uh, the, in the nuns community that I was referring to, again, like the heat of the afternoon when it was impossible to sit in your meditation hut, you know, people would kind of congregate on these, you know, tile floors that provided a little bit of cooling. And they would be busy crocheting and knitting and sewing and, you know, stitching and doing all these things. And the focus, you know, because the, it was contributing to an act of generosity because these were going to be gifts, you know, the the concentration and the, you know, the the determination to do the best, you know, work and offering possible was, you know, it astonished me. I couldn't believe it. It's like. Maybe because it's my own kind of nature. It's like, ah, eh, you know, you didn't. I, I don't even know how to knit or crochet. But you know, it's like, I, I you know, something. You, you wrap a package, and it's, you know, the bow isn't this. It's like, okay, you know, the intention's there. But it, it would be unquestioned. You know, it's like not even in the, you know, in the sphere of you know the planet that anything would be offered that didn't have you know one's highest intention of. You know really appreciate you know the expression of appreciation you know the joy of generosity in their hearts so you know i i, I, I it would just kind of like blow my mind that like they were like they'd be knitting or crocheting a hat and then like six people would come over and evaluate it and i i many times i just saw them ripping it out it's like what where i mean it's like look good to me you know but you know the the, the kind of microscopic effort you know, that went into, you know, you know, the planning, the, the uh, you know, of, you know, how this gift is going to be presented was really very inspiring to me. Um, and why? Because the generosity was a reflection of their own sense of appreciation and gratitude to whoever they gave the gift to. So why would you be sloppy about it? You know, doesn't doesn't you know? If you think about it, it, just doesn't make any sense. You know, why wouldn't you put your best you know foot forward to make it as as uh, special as you can? So you know, there was a constant reflection that this generosity, um, you know, is a is you know a gift to the person because. You know, it's that allowed this gift to myself to, you know, do the best I can. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I said it correctly. But, you know, the joy its considered, you know, such a special thing to make offerings um, to noble beings or people you respect and appreciate. It's like, you know, sometimes it could take an hour and a half at the monastery for offerings to be made. You know, it's incredible and everything like perfectly wrapped and offered and you know arranged and platters you know with the flowers you know the the way you know just you know to, to complete perfection um you know and and the uh, feedback of joy was you know really so special to witness and completely anonymously by the way they weren't like kind of waiting for their tax, you know, tax deduction form at the end, you know, and that's not to, you know, be critical. But um, so how does, you know, gratitude and generosity relate to Sila, virtue, you know, um, uh, protecting the precepts, the precept, the first precept not to, you know, harm uh, the second precept not to steal. The third precept, not to uh, engage in any kind of sexual misconduct. The fourth, you know, to avoid false or harmful speech. And the fifth, engage in intoxicants. Well, um, again, the Buddha saw protecting the precepts. And it's actually called Raksasin. It means exactly protect protecting virtue, you know, um, uh, as a form of generosity. And it's like, you know, and it's so true if you protect the the doors that lead to you know that really lead to greed or or harmfulness or um you know uh betrayal you know spreading rumors or gossip you know it's like it it's so diminishing to yourself you know into your life and to everybody else around you but when you really protect those virtues you know, it's a tremendous gift. I mean, it's been said many, many times in this hall and everywhere by practically every meditation teacher I know. Just think of the, you know, the influence on the planet if just one of those precepts was kept, you know, 100%. You know, nobody drank anymore. Nobody lied or stealed, you know, or engaged, you know, in gossip or lying, rumors, you know, sexual misconduct. It would, you know, it, it's a revolution, you know, precepts are a revolution, you know, that designed to make to diminish, you know, the things that we think about in our mind that we feel guilty about, that we, you know, um, obsess about wishing we hadn't done. And so, you know, the precepts are a gift again to uh, the um, the willingness to develop features of concentration that aren't clouded by regret, you know, and that people feel safe in front of you. I I, I love being in the monastery so much because you just felt safe. You weren't going to get attacked, you know, uh, well, physically attacked. You know, that 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 was. I don't know, that would that would be way off, um almost unheard of. But, you know, as soon as you say that <laughs> um kind of you're asking for examples, but. Um, you know, that, that you weren't going to get attacked, you know, verbally, you know, you weren't, you know, people weren't going to just, you know, be critical and sarcastic, uh, of you, you know, you, you didn't have to worry that, um, um you didn't have to worry that, uh, you know, that, that somehow you were going to be left out or excluded or made fun of, you know, all those really painful things. That all of us have experienced or you know acted out um and so you you can give that up you don't have to worry and you can um you know you you can enjoy you know people just seeing like taking these like you're in the dharma hall and you're meditating and full of bugs because it's thailand and um you know these ants crawling around or you know these i don't know creatures or beings that you you know, you can't even imagine the colors and the trans, <laughs> I mean, the sizes and whatever. And, uh, you know, and then you'd see somebody like really gently making the effort, you know, to allow that sentient being, you know, you know, to have the life that it, you know, the normal, you know, lifespan without using greed or anger to, um uh reject it because it's interfering with your meditation and some people say well well, you know you know all this focus on like you know the bugs and you know, not killing bugs when you know there's war and blah 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 but you know how do you how do you make the how do you resist you know revenge you know on a larger scale you know if you don't develop the muscle you know on a smaller scale So, on that, you know, that's how we reduce the impulses to act, you know, in unskillful ways. So, um, it was really interesting when I came back, and of course, you know, you don't drink in the monastery, and, um, uh, you know, which I also enjoyed because kind of being around people who drink, you know, it it could be very painful. Uh, And, really, frankly, you know, unattractive. It doesn't many times doesn't bring out the best in people. And I was so accustomed to being around people who were really working on training their mind as it was and not using any uh, stimulants, you know, whatsoever um, uh, to deny feelings or repress them or to, you know, to to try to stimulate the pleasant ones. You know, it was really, you know, painful. you know to just to see the amount of you know wine and beer and whatever and I, i'm not a prude you know i'm not uh, you know this isn't to um you know give people a speech it's just that you know the you know the purity of experience that comes from being around people who you know are protecting you know um five of the most harmful um actions basically the, you know the buddha Put them in order you know the most harmful is you know killing them the second most harmful is stealing you know third is sexual misconduct you know so you know so these is you know these are the things and it was really another thing i wanted to say and kind of um encouraging sila as a form of uh generosity is that um sometimes when people would come and they'd be really unhappy and they'd be talking to the Ajahn, you know the teacher and um you know about their lives you know, whatever, illness, you know, the usual, uh, you know, work pressures, um, you know, unhappiness and love, whatever. Um, and the, the teacher would often say, you know, um, retake the precepts, you know, recommit yourself to the precepts, you know, you know fine tune them. I was like, wow, you know, that's like, what a great thing to do. You know, what a great act of generosity to yourself, you know, and to others around you. And so and there's a, um, a refrain when you ask for the precepts and the and the teacher responds, you know, sila is the you know, vehicle to happiness. So it's a form of generosity, you know, just to be kind. And you think about all the ways, we, you know, we're so critical, you know, we're, we're just, you know, it seems like the conditioning to be critical is, you know, being intelligent or hip or, you know, uh, you know, clever. And it's just, it's really not, you know. It's, it's really, it's not, it's not a generous way to live. So all in all, you know, gratitude, generosity, you know, protecting the virtues, you know, these all help generate concentrated states of mind, you know, develop concentrated minds that um, allow for the deep healing that the Buddha um, said was, you know, critical to, you know, the ultimate end of, of suffering. So, um, I hope that's been helpful to you. I hope that's been inspiring. I hope you'll use these reflections as a way to improve your life in a whole in a wholesome ways. Thank you.